Hi, my name is Zach Frangelo. I'm the director of entertainment for the Savannah Bananas, and this is the Whack Attack podcast. This is sort of the tip of the banana iceberg, mm -hmm. don't you think? Oh, yeah. First inning. So for you guys doing the world tour and everything else, and then being a baseball fan your entire life, yeah, because I've done some research on you, <laughs> and, and basically giving up baseball to go into dance, mm -hmm. I could imagine in high school at a defining age in life, yeah. you probably took some interesting heat. What has it been like bringing dance and your love for baseball together? Yeah, I, I pretty often I've just been told that I was able to create this like perfect job for myself in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, at that age in high school when uh, those kind of uh, emotions are high and people are changing and uh, learning who they are. It was definitely uh, an interesting turning point, you know, from someone that was known just for baseball, like sports only. Um to make a jump into the performing arts world wasn't necessarily expected, um, but it was the right call. It was the right call, obviously, and now getting back into baseball and having the love for it and then the dance world of the performing side um, and then all of that accumulating into the sports entertainment world was uh, super unique, and, and again, it was just perfectly curated position for me, and it was, uh, it was the right move at the right time, and I'm, I'm incredibly happy that it happened when it did. So when you met jesse mm -hmm. and heard of the savannah bananas yeah. what's going through your mind so this was kind of in in the heat of covid and the nhl had just decided that they were coming back and um, i was one of the first people that was allowed back in the building in vegas um with the knights when it comes to just having people in the building alone um and it was uh it was really weird i guess it would say i mean you you're not usually expecting a video message from a 912 number it's just not normal uh and uh <laughs> I, I got it and i was like there's no shot i'm opening this i'm gonna download a virus onto my phone or something and then uh, i opened it up i saw the guy in the yellow tux and i was even more confused than i was when i got the text message in the first place um but he he opened up really well just introducing who he was and and the savannah bananas and he had talked about me and you could tell he had done some research on who i was um and it was it was a no brainer to take the call. I had heard of the Savannah Bananas in the past from, uh, you know, from their videos and everything like that, and just being a baseball fan, they were they were changing the game, uh, in the college baseball world, and uh, it, it was it was the right time. I was kind of looking for that next step and what that would be, uh, and when we got on the phone and started talking, everything just clicked. You know, it was we were. Uh, in a great spot and we were connecting on ideas of entertainment baseball what this thing could be in the future um, and, and we just decided like there's so much potential for entertainment that uh, in the baseball world that we needed to explore uh, and then he also sold me on what banana ball was because banana ball was you know in its inception when I first came in you know my first games were banana ball and so he sold me on this vision and this idea of banana ball which is really unique and you know the traditional baseball fan in me was a little scared at first uh but as it grew and as i saw it in person i was like there's something here and it was a no-brainer to, to make that leap of faith and move to savannah now my next follow-up question is not going to be really on to that but okay. when you said a 912 number text yeah. me where is 912 from that's uh that's georgia that's savannah georgia yeah so uh yeah it just 2,000 miles away when I'm living in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, and like he didn't even solicit you or talk to you or anything mm -hmm. else before this. It's just a random guy. I'm yep. going to get this that guy to come work for me. I'm going to send him a video from a random number. Yeah. Never talked to him before, and I'm going to convince him to come work for me. Yeah, and it was, I think it was the most unique part was that it felt personal. Um, you know, uh, there you can send someone an email or... Um, you know, give him a phone call from a business number and then you keep your personal life a little bit separate. And then, like he, from his personal phone, sent a video and you could tell that it was intentional. And that meant a lot at the time, like now knowing what I know and understanding who Jesse is and, you know, learning about the business world a little bit more of how important it is to have that personal connection was, you know, now looking back at it was probably one of the defining factors. You know, I'm not very good at my emails, if I'm being completely honest and fully transparent. So if you would have sent me an email, who knows if I would have even seen it um, and that opportunity could have passed by. But it was it was. Um, it was personal. He knew about me. He knew about uh, my life a little bit, having baseball in my background uh, before, you know, before the sports world. So it was it was really special.
So what's so important about you that he wanted to bring to the table? And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying like, tell me about yeah. what you bring to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's a it's a accumulation of a whole bunch of different things. Um, having the performance background is really important and understanding, uh, you know, Jesse's a great performer, but then he also has the background in the business side of things. And the same thing with me of like, I've been on stage. I know what it feels like to be on stage, but then I also know the behind the scenes. And uh, it, it was great, you know, watching the Vegas Golden Knights be, become an NHL franchise in 2017 and being a part of that and building that entertainment experience was uh, was super influential in this whole process and me getting here. Um, but the big thing was, was if there was a problem, you throw millions and millions of dollars at the solution and it just fixes itself. At the same time I was with the Vegas Golden Knights, I was also the director of entertainment for UNLV Hockey. And UNLV Hockey, when you hear that, you think automatically NCAA, again, same thing, you throw money at a problem because NCAA has unlimited money. But UNLV Hockey was actually an ACHA program, which is basically club. So we are con- you know, fully self-funded. We don't have sponsors, like we have sponsors, but anything that we have is going to come from our own pocket. And so figuring out a way to create a show and compete with Cirque du Soleil, with Vegas, with the, with the Knights, with UNLV Hockey, we're trying to figure out the same way to create that experience without spending millions of dollars. Yeah. And that was the big part of it. For most people who don't know, Cirque du Soleil is uh, the large entertainment mm. company in yeah. Vegas. Uh, I've seen a lot of their shows, and you're right. Mm. It's amazing theatrics, dancing, performances. Mm. And so if you go to Vegas, that's sort of a status quo, right? Yeah. And it's that's top tier. And so um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but you DJing at the UNLV hockey games was actually how you got your start and transitioning back from dance back into sports. Yes, correct? absolutely. Yeah. So it was just, I had friends that I was living with that, you know, played on the hockey team and good, good enough friends that all I wanted to do was get involved. Like I, it was something to do on the side, get me to the rink, get back into sports a little bit. I just loved being there and being a part of it. Uh, and that was the start that, started the whole transition period you know the first games being at city national arena the brand new practice facility of the vegas golden knights before they even had a team to to put on the ice you know that's when that was starting and so uh when the nhl announced that they were going to expand to 31 teams i was just along the lines of i want to get involved i don't know what it's going to be i could be taking tickets i'll clean bathrooms i will do whatever it takes to just get involved this is a great opportunity for a job you know, while I'm in school and continuing my dance degree, it's it's just a perfect spot right now. And so when UNLV announced that they were, I didn't, they didn't even announce that they were looking for anybody. I was just like, hey, Arturo, he was the 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 guy that was kind of running the show over there, uh, the show being the program at a whole. I was like, hey, if you need anything, I'll be at the rink. Let me know. Well, the DJ didn't show up. And so I was like, I've DJed before, like I have the ability to do this. And he was like, perfect, here's a Spotify, go have fun. And at the end of the night, he was like, that was the best music we've ever had. We'd love to have you come back tomorrow. And then the next day, the PA announcer didn't show up. And so he was like, do you think you could do both? And I was like, I'm sure, I don't know any of these guys' names. Half of these guys I can't even pronounce, but sure, I'll do my best. And lo and behold, right after that, I was the DJ and PA announcer for UNLV Hockey. And then that moved into you know, into the entertainment side of things. That's when I found out about the audition for the Knights that got me onto the ice crew and the whole nine yards of of that and building into that Vegas Golden Knights role. And then that, again, backtracking into that director of entertainment for UNLV hockey. Let's rewind a little bit Mm -hmm. in your journey. Did you have an opportunity to maybe go to college to play baseball too as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah, baseball was definitely an opportunity, uh, you know, going through high school and it was something I was looking at and I loved and that opportunity was there. Um, you know, the big thing that I, I struggled with was uh, concussions. So I got a lot of uh, concussions through playing multitude of sports growing up. I basically played any sport that had equipment. The only thing I didn't play was like rugby and track and field. Um, I was a gearhead. My parents always said anything that required the most gear, I was going to play that position. So when I played hockey, I was a goalie for a little bit because I wanted all the pads. When I when I was playing baseball for a while, I was a catcher because I wanted all the pads. Um, and so with that, I was playing all these sports, but there wasn't a lot of understanding of like what concussions were. And so I had accumulated a certain amount of concussions throughout my playing experience that um, led me to a point where after medical help and looking at the medical side of things, like there is genuinely possibility of, you know, serious brain damage and uh, 
you know, loss of cognitive function if we continue to play. And so it came to a point where it was a realization of like, you know what, life is more important than the game. And so that's when we took that step back. And that's when I reevaluated and said, you know what, this dance thing is something that I also love. And I would love to explore that. And that's when dance became serious in my life. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow as a 14 or 15 year old. It's impossible. You know, you're, you're told that you can't do something when you feel like you totally can. And now looking at, back at it now, it's like, obviously, you know, that was the right call. And obviously parents looking out for me as well. But um, yeah, it's, it is a tough pill to swallow for sure. So let's talk about a little bit of, you know, your journey, ups and downs, left, right, everything in between. You get to the Savannah Bananas. Mm -hmm. What is the sprinkle of Zach that is involved in the experience on game night? I think it's the, uh, first off, the loud music is a big thing. <laughs> I, I, I love loud music, and I love, uh, you know, just that that feeling like there's something about music that is so powerful and feeling the ups and downs of music is so important to me. Um, I remember my, one of my first ever hockey games as a kid, I walk in and they were doing warmups and the music was loud. It was banging music. The bass was running and it was high energy and you just felt like this excitement and you're like, Oh my gosh, we're here. And so feeling that every night is super important. So there's actually a part in our game, which was built off of a, a hockey warmup was uh is now what is in our show every night and it is kind of a staple like the first time you meet the team officially is for this warm-up portion and it's the same thing of like a hockey warm-up you know they take the ice pucks are flying everywhere it's the same thing we have like four balls going at one time you got the pitching machine that's shooting fly balls guys hitting fungos on the ground and then you have bill who's our showman and he's like our he's our um He's kind of like the MC. He's he's definitely the face of the bananas. Um, Bill Leroy, you know, he's been around since um, what 2018, so he's the longest tenure banana as well as Kyle Luik. But he's walking around and introducing every player of like Jackson Olsen, our greatest showman on third base, our trick stop Ryan Cox. You know, we're seeing these guys and making them personal and having those characters, but then also just understanding like this is a high moment and high pressure and excitement and getting everybody fired up that's that's probably the biggest part as well as just the the love for dance and the continuing to push our guys to do more things and to try and to get out of their comfort zone that's that's awesome my first exposure to the savannah bananas also had a little bit of a sprinkle of you in it i saw a viral video of a guy doing ballet as a first <laughs> base coach yep yep so tell me about that experience yeah uh, that was about three months in the work of, of coming to fruition. Um, when I, when I left Vegas for Savannah, um, I was under the impression that I was never going to dance again, uh, professionally or, you know, at that level again, I, it wasn't a matter of like, I didn't want to, but I just never felt the need to. Um, I had kind of accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish in the dance world while I was in college. Um, and so when I moved to Savannah, it was that internal monologue of just like, I don't need to do this anymore. Like, I love what I do and I love the sports entertainment. Like, this is what I want to do. And dance will only kind of hinder that if I try to do both. It's uh, you're going to spread yourself too thin and you're going to burn yourself out of one of them. And I don't want it to be of the sports entertainment world. And so I had that decision and I wasn't going to tell anybody really about my background in dance. Like if they wanted to know, they could hear about it and I would tell them. But Jesse knew he knew that I you know, had my dance degree I had my BFA in dance and performance and choreography and one weekend we knew it at the beginning of the season Maceo our dancing first base coach wasn't going to be at the game he had uh, I believe it was a dance competition that he had to be at with or yeah, he, he was go yeah that's exactly what it was he was going to um, be on America's Got Talent and so we knew for a weekend just he wasn't a little gonna, thing yeah just a little thing uh, that uh, he was not going to be at the game and Jesse is understanding of the idea that every fan matters and that is something that i learned very early on as well even in vegas of just like it's someone's first game it's someone's first experience and maceo uh was one of those characters he was kind of the only character at the time that was super viral and people wanted to come to savannah to see maceo it wasn't necessarily to come to see the bananas it was like i want to come see the dancing first base coach and knowing he wasn't going to be there that's a massive hit to our show and so he, Jesse was like, he's not going to be there. You have to find someone to fill that. Like, that's part of the job. And I was like, okay. And so for weeks on end, I'm, I'm looking for someone. I was asking Maceo. We were working together trying to find the right fit. 
And eventually it got down to the week of, and Jesse was like, who is it? And I was like, we don't have anybody. And he says, well, you're a dancer. Why don't you do it? I was like, I don't do hip-hop. Like, if I get out there and do hip-hop, I'm going to look like a real idiot. Like, it's going to be really bad. It's going to be really embarrassing for everybody. And he said, well, do ballet. And so that kind of led into doing that. And when we did it, at the time, I got nervous again for the first time in a long time, if that, if that's, if that means anything. Like, when I was dancing uh, professionally for a while, like, I didn't feel... Like I was, I never really got too nervous anymore uh, when I was at the tail end there. But there I got like super nervous. I got super jittery because all the guys were there. They were watching. They were excited for me. And then uh, the music came on. I heard it. And I was like, all right, here we go. And then we just and went on without a hitch. And then, you know, later on it gets posted right around Nutcracker season and blows up. And I have Jennifer Gardner reposting the video on National Dance Day. Uh, Royal Ballet, which is a massive ballet in London picks it up and does a, a story on it. And then, you know, uh, Skylar Brandt, who's the uh, prima ballerina out at American Ballet Theater, comments on it. And now she's a good friend of mine who I just went and saw perform a couple weeks ago. Like, it opened up all of these doors in the dance world that I had shut when I left Vegas and um, in the right way. And it's the way that I wanted that to happen without even understanding that that was a possibility. That's so fresh. You know, the Savannah Bananas really have sort of uh, rekindled the spirit of the love for America's pastime. Big time. You know, and that's, that is just, uh, it's so powerful because somebody like myself, who's also mm -hmm. a baseball fan, you know, I had a couple of tracks that I, I could have done from high school and college for me. I chose football, but baseball was yeah. definitely an option in there. And, um, you know, we had season tickets to the uh, Oakland A's. And it was always so long, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it was hours and hours and hours. And then especially in playoffs, the games were just yeah. slow and everything else. And so for the first time when I saw the Savannah Bananas, literally through your <laughs> ballet video, <laughs> and then now we're here on the podcast, um, I was like, man, this is this is awesome. And it's entertaining. Yeah. And it, it hits you within that, <clears throat> excuse me, that two hour window of time where it's, it's just nonstop. Mm -hmm. And when we were done watching the games, it's like, wow, that is the feeling I used to get as a kid when I was at the stadium going and collecting baseballs from batting yeah. practice. Yeah, absolutely. So that entertainment piece has just sort of, uh, I think, rekindled a lot of people's uh, a love for the game. Yeah. And I think you guys are doing something awesome with that. Dance is obviously a huge part. Mm -hmm. And you guys do a lot of new routines all the time. Yeah. So you, as the director of entertainment and the guy who has the background and dance <laughs> experience, how do you travel around and do this world tour and come up with new routines? Yeah, so fortunately, um, Maceo, like I, like I said, he is incredible. He is amazing, and he's passionate, and he loves everything that we're doing. I mean, he has been here since the start of this thing. Uh, he was not the first, but he was the second um, and has been here ever since, and he is just unbelievable with our guys and he gave me the freedom basically to go hands-off approach um like i said i can't teach hip-hop i can't do hip-hop i'm horrible at it um and so maceo is able to actually teach these you know every uh every third inning we do the player dance and the player dance you know originally when jesse did it, it he always tells the story of just uh, when he was in Gastonia and he did the first ever player dance and he was walking through the stands and a lady was in the crowd and her husband was talking about the game and he and she stops and he says, honey, wait, the guys are about to dance and pulls out her phone and starts recording. And it's like he was onto something there with these players dancing. And so it's been going on since before I was there. What I was able to bring in was to find new ways to integrate dance into the show. So. Uh, hitter walkups, uh, the three two two, which is uh, you know full transparency. It's our OTT group, which is the over the top um, group that we have. Which is Jesse Kara, our director of marketing, Savannah, uh, our marketing coordinator, and then Avon, our director of creative content, and Jesse. We all, we all come together and create these over the top moments. And the three two two was the first big one that of that OTT group really exploded. And that was a dance, and it was figuring out a way to integrate dance into the show a little bit more. And what I can do is kind of um, refine and um, help teach when, when need be, uh, whether that be a 322 or a run celebration, whatever they are, I can refine, teach, and then also offer help whenever needed. Um, 
But when it comes to like the whole touring process, it stays fresh because we, Maceo and I share this love for music that it's like, okay, these are the songs we want to do on this California trip. Here are six songs for six games that all are revolved around California. It can make it personal towards the fans. They're going to react to it. It's going to be great. And then he takes it and can choreograph and teach these guys. Unlike anybody I've ever seen. Like I always said when I was uh, teaching dance at the competitive level of like, I would love to teach the high schoolers because they get it. Like they, the high schoolers, they kind of understand. Like when I say a combo, it registers in their head on what they're supposed to do. And then all I have to do is critique it. Maceo is like the teacher that can teach the four-year-olds. And if I have any dance teachers out there that are listening, <laughs> they understand that the four-year-olds, they don't get it. Like when you say something, it doesn't compute. They're not there yet. They don't understand how to actually make it happen. That's a baseball player at the same time. And Maceo is incredibly good at teaching the four-year-old baseball players how to dance, basically. And he can break it down in such a way that makes it so easy for them to understand he puts it into their language and that's something we worked on together because he was he was a dancer only he came into the baseball world as a dancer i was the baseball player that came into the dance world and so i'm able to kind of help him and refine his teaching on like hey if you're talking about a you know step ball change whatever it is just tell him that he's leading off first base and he understands it and that way he understands it. the player understands it maceo knows how to teach it and now we have you know 40 guys that can dance and they were originally just baseball players. That is that is so wild, <laughs> because you have these you have an oxymoron: dance and baseball, two things that don't go together. And they're they're together, and they're here, and they're wildly entertaining, and they're 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 reinventing what baseball and entertainment is. And to me, it's like I would have never thought to piece those together. And for you, it has to just be like the internal fire that is keeping you going right now. Yeah. Um, I, I would look at that and go, as somebody who played baseball and is in the baseball but doesn't know dance category, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you guys source players in figuring out you know, who could be a yeah. character that's either a good player but maybe has the opportunity to know dance or somebody yeah. who is more of an entertainer but could be trained to be a good baseball player? How do you guys navigate that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um and it's the question I think we get the most because exactly what you said, you know, baseball players and dancers, they don't go together. Um, it actually goes back, and we have to kind of go back to the inception of the Bananas with this one. Um, in 2016, when the Bananas became an organization, um, Jesse really bought into the entertainment. You know, he had been trying these things in Gastonia, and he kind of knew what he wanted to do and how he wanted to implement it. Um, but the big thing was is that these are college guys. And these guys are not coming to play for a national championship. They're coming in their offseason over summer to get more reps, to basically get better for their next college season. And so what the Bananas were, being that college team, it was incredibly hard to find that buy-in. And then in, I want to say it was uh, 2018 is when Tyler Gillum came into the program, and he understood a concept and what he has now coined, coined as an our kind of guy. We're not necessarily looking for, and this was back in the college season, we're not looking for the best baseball player. We're not looking for the best entertainer. We're looking for the, the guy that is a great baseball player, but is also an incredible entertainer and isn't afraid to have fun and get out of the comfort zone. You know, you they can probably play the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that is, we, we always say that the, the guys that are having fun play better. We literally did a college study, uh, I want to say it was in 2019, um, where... The statistics, the statistics showed that the Bananas played better because they were having fun. Um, they looked at their college stats and every other stat around the league, and the Bananas statistically were better, and the reason was was the fun. And it was scientifically proven. It was a beautiful study. But we couldn't just have the best baseball player. We couldn't go out there and get all these SEC guys that are just here to get reps. It's just not going to work. This wouldn't work. They wouldn't do it. They didn't buy into it. Um, and so Tyler Gillum, our head coach, and now he's part of our world tour and he's now still on with us as our banana ball head coach is very good at finding those guys. And now 
with the success of social media and people understanding who we are, um, as we moved into Banana Ball, it was actually a lot easier to get those guys. Um, reason being, you know, the college guys would come in because their coaches sent them here. These guys want to be here and they want to be a part of this. And so we had a tryout before this past tour where it was an invite only tryout. So obviously, you know, you needed to have that baseball background. You needed to um, show that you could hit a ball basically. Um, and then we invited them to the tryout. And before they even touched the ball, like this was before noon, um, we did a dance section. We did a TikTok station. We did fan interaction station. So this is not unlike any other tryout you've ever seen before because they're doing TikTok dances on the side, uh, on, you know, in foul territory or in the locker room. Um, and then at one o'clock, we come together and we had a banana ball game. And we just said, show us what you can do. Uh, pitchers, can you work fast? Can you throw strikes, not walk guys? Uh, hitters, are you putting flair on it? Uh, infielders, outfielders, trick plays. Like that is a massive part of our game right now is trick plays. Ryan Cox, our shortstop, he just eclipsed 100 trick plays, which is unbelievable um, that he was able to do that in a season. And we still have, what, like 15, 20 games left. And he still throws an 80-plus mile out oh, of yeah. all the first. Absolutely. I mean, you can't. Between the legs, yeah, behind he, the back. Exactly. Like these guys are still trying to beat those balls out. And for the fact that he can feel the ground ball, routine ground ball, throw it between his legs or behind his back and still make a throw across a diamond is unbelievably talented and impressive uh, and not something that any baseball player can do. And so um, it's finding those guys, those, like, like Tyler Gillum said, the, our kind of guys, the guys that are going to be good with fans, uh, you know, understand banana ball, be great baseball players, but also great entertainers as well. So I, I've heard that maybe you guys also have some ex-MLB players mm -hmm. now on the team and maybe yeah. some from the Boston Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a bunch, uh, bunch of Red Sox guys, um, and I grew up as a Red Sox fan, so it's been pretty cool to... Uh, you know, interact with these guys that I used to watch growing up and, you know, watched on TV and World Series. And now I'm uh, behind the curtain kind of telling them what to do and not having those fangirl reactions, which I learned in Vegas. Thank God. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be awesome. And plus, it's like you get this text message in, message in this video from this guy from mm -hmm. Savannah, Georgia, wearing a green or I'm sorry, a yellow suit and a yellow hat. Yep. Hey, I want you to come work for me. And you're like, what the heck yeah. do you guys now? have your same favorite baseball team and you guys have mm -hmm. ex-players from the Boston Red Sox being yeah. there. So that's got to be really, really, really special. One of, I, I know one of the goals that uh, Jesse has mentioned on some other podcasts is he wants to sell out Fenway mm -hmm. in five years. Yeah. What do you think about that? And how would that make you feel if you guys did it? Yeah. I mean, that'll be, that'll be the peak. I think, I mean, obviously you never know what the world will take you, but as, as we're looking forward and, and looking to, uh, to play these big league ballparks, I think Fenway is is the big one. Um, for me, it, it brings just back those childhood memories of like watching these guys play um, and win World Series and win championships. You know, I've lived a pretty good life as a Red Sox fan. I didn't have to go through years and years of of losing every year, which sucks for all of those fans. But yeah, I, like I, the Cubs. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was born in in '97, and so. I, I saw the first World Series in 04. I was old enough to kind of retain it. Uh, I understood what that meant to my family. And um, then in 07 and, and 13, 18, um, seeing Fenway, I, I've only seen Fenway twice as a, you know, I've, I've been to two games in my life. Um, one of them I was lucky enough to sit on top of the Green Monster, um, really? which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's going to bring in a whole lot of, of memories and um you know, my family, a lot of my dad's side of the family, who is the one that got me into baseball, um, they're still in the Northeast. And so, you know, we're going to we're, we're playing in Cooperstown at the end of this year. It's our last game. And I already know a lot of the Frangelos are going to be there. And so I'm really excited that um, the possibility of having my family there and, you know, be at Fenway Park where they grew up going, watching the Red Sox and loving the Red Sox with our family uh, to, you know, seeing what we do and our product and. Um, you know, one of the world's most iconic baseball fields in the world with the newest game is going to be really special. So what do you think Miss Vincent and Miss Wooten would say about that? Miss Vincent and Miss Wooten would say about that. Uh, the, my te those are, that's what is that? My choir teacher and my, uh, yeah, both my choir teachers in high school. Um, I think they'd be pretty excited. I hope at least, uh, Vinny was the best. I mean, she, uh, 
she she understood me more than Wooten did. Wooten was uh, she only got me as a freshman, so I was still just that cocky baseball player that walked in. Uh, but Vinny, she got she got sophomore, junior, and senior year Zach, and watched me develop as a person. Um, and still, my like one of my best friends, Dylan, and I were inseparable in high school, and I, we still are. Um, <laughs> she used to pick on us all the time. She would just we would just have fun. We'd go sit in her office, hang out, have lunch, and uh, just talk about anything and everything and so you know i would always talk about watching baseball games and then she'd be like why you just dance dude like what are you doing and so it'd be pretty cool uh, i think i think they're pretty excited and uh I, I would hope so i know i've talked to Vinny a couple times since then and she's always pretty excited yeah shout out dakota ridge high school yeah oh, here yeah. we go oh, zach yeah. frangillo on the <laughs> whack attack podcast yeah I uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to take you to place like how the heck? Did yeah, you that know was that? pretty impressive. Yeah, I hadn't heard those names in a while. Yeah, we, <laughs> we do our research. Yeah, on that's really good. <laughs> yeah, we can tell you a little bit more about the business that yeah. uh, you know is behind everything that we do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we we like to be prepared. I like it. Right? I like it a lot. Just like our bananas. Yeah, absolutely. And producer Scott. I mean, he's doing a, a, he's a, a great job. We have an <laughs> awesome segment that I I hope we have some time to to get to at the yeah. end. Um, you know, the the big thing that I I thought was really important was you were a baseball fan and now you are you know um you're helping define and evolve banana ball okay and so really quickly i know you guys get asked this all the time but just for people who are listening explain banana ball really quickly before i ask my, my yeah. question so uh banana ball is uh it is baseball but it is more geared towards the common fan what i've is as how i'd like to explain it um we we were watching what normal baseball was in our college season, and we realized people would be there at 7 o'clock, lined up, ready to go for the game. Stands are full, and by 8.30, it's 50% full. And it's not to, to say that the entertainment wasn't there because we're doing some of our best entertainment at the end of the game. You know, when you see a win, that's exciting, and that's great entertainment. But people just understood the game is too long, too slow, and too boring. And so what banana ball is is – basically taking the parts of baseball that are too long, too slow, and too boring and eliminating them, eliminating the friction points. So two-hour time limit, no stepping out of the box, um, hitters can steal first base, walks are no longer just a walk, it's a sprint to where uh, every position player has to touch the ball before um, before the ball becomes live and there's play at second base and it's creating excitement around the game and it's creating this game that is more fast-paced and more built towards entertainment and keeping the fans involved, uh, which obviously is the most fans-first rule and what we talk about all the time of being fans-first uh, is, you know, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out, which is the best rule that, uh, that we have. And we actually have a Whack Attack special offer we'd like to offer you guys okay. next year on your world tour. Yes. For three events in California, the first fan to catch a foul ball, we want to build a custom jersey for you wow. guys. Wow. Yeah. All right. And we want to give it away to that fan. And then if you guys are doing season tickets or something like yeah. that, if the same fan catches two balls, we'd like to buy them season tickets for the year. That's amazing. That would be amazing. I don't think, I mean, to catch one foul ball is pretty impressive. That would be amazing. That would be really amazing. So thank you. So, so we'd like to take you guys up on that yeah, offer. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, we, we'll come up with what we want on the back, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, something like uh, for the love of the game. Yeah. And yeah. If I was a kid again and I was going to a Savannah Bananas game and I caught a foul ball and I got somebody out and then I got that jersey, mm. that would be like so amazing because I was at an Oakland A's game yeah. as a kid and I caught a line drive foul ball and it was on the big screen and on TV and everything else. And it was super cool. And I remember that moment. But like it was only interactive because I pretty much saved somebody from behind my guess from getting hit with yeah. the ball, right? <laughs> so it wasn't like that great. Yeah. But if I did it and I got a guy out, I'd be like, oh, I'm a Savannah Bananas yeah. fan for the rest of my life. Because that's imprinted in your memory, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just happened. Um, where were we? I want to say it was uh, Indianapolis or Akron. One of the two. Uh, it was on our last tour. And um, a, a kid literally caught the last the, the two outs, bottom nine, foul ball, line drive. Balls hit like 96 miles an hour off the bat. Line drive down the third base line. And how this ballpark was set up is that there was like that little jet out to where you had those six seats where you're just kind of in line and the ball was heading towards him. Dude had his glove, caught it. He made the final out. And we were able to bring him on the field. And every fan that catches a foul ball, we bring him on the field. Bring him on the field. Our head coach, Tyler Gillum, he'll walk them out, introduce some fans. The fan that caught the foul ball from, you know, Rancho Cucamonga, California, James, whatever his name may be. Um, but this this kid, I, and he's a kid. He's 14, 15, 16 years old. 
made this final out of the game. He was the final out. And talk about an amazing moment, a, a Bananas fan for life, and probably felt like a hero and lives on top of the world. And now you imagine you get a custom oh, button Savannah Bananas jersey. All in. You know, for the love of the game on the back. I love it. I absolutely love it. So next time you guys are doing the world tour, you come out to California, we want to sponsor that. We you want to do that up. for you guys. Sounds great. And that's especially amazing. if they get the last out in yeah, the ninth that's inning. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if that happens. If that ever happens again, I'll be shocked. I think that's a one in a million right there. Yeah. It's going to happen again. Watch it I tonight. So. You guys so. are, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not tonight. Yeah, tonight. You guys are playing, no, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep, and tomorrow. in Sacramento, Correct. right? At the uh, Rivercats. Correct. Yep. Yeah. We tried to get tickets to that, but man, there's a lot of people who there like is. you guys. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Those yeah. those ticket, um, the, the wait list right now is 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 insane. And obviously, we want to to keep as many people as we can, and and you know, just got to keep playing at bigger stadiums. Let's talk about fan first. Yeah, and tickets. Mm-hmm. No sales tax. Yep. No taxes. Period. Correct. Tell me about the food and beverages too. Of how you guys make that a part of the family experience yeah. there when they get to spend those two hours attention full watching you guys on the field. Yeah. Uh, I saw a graphic. Um, I believe it was last off season where the average family of four to go to a game, it was actually every, all 30 teams, 31 teams in the MLB, 32, whatever it is. Um, it laid out how much a family of four on average is spending at each game. And not one of them was under like $500. And it, was it was just eye opening to see how much it costs for a family of four to go to a game, you know. And when I was a kid, like I, you know, we did we were fine, but like it, we're not throwing around five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, up to a thousand dollars. Hundred bucks is a lot of yeah, money. For, yeah, exactly. For us to go to a game, it's just not going to happen. Um, and I can't imagine being a kid not going to Rockies games when I was a kid. Um, that was a very big part of my life. Um, and that is what fans first is and that is the one thing about our company that will never ever change um every decision we make we ask ourselves two questions does it make baseball fun and that's more on the marketing and creative side but secondly is it fans first so every decision we make is fans first the biggest one of all was probably leaving the coastal plain league the college league and going all in on banana ball we saw the response of the fans of the one city world tour and then seven cities last year and we understood like we cannot service our fans and um, bring this on the road if three months out of the year we have to go into this college season and it goes back to the first year 2016 when um you know they decided they wanted to do all you can eat so in Savannah, every $25 ticket is all you can eat. Uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, snacks, sodas, waters. Um, that is being fans first. It is the idea that a family of four can come to the game for under $100, have a dinner, an amazing experience, and watch a baseball game. You know, we always say that it's a, a circus with a baseball game breaking out in the middle, and that's exactly what it is, and that's what we, we strive for, and that is fans first. And... Um, you know, so every decision that we make is going to get back to the idea of is it fans first? And that is, you know, continuing to play at bigger ballparks so we can service more fans and bring them in and keeping our ticket prices under, you know, $100. You know, they're always going to be low ticket prices. And I, it's so sad to see what the secondary market has turned into. You know, you saw it with Taylor Swift. You see it with Zach Bryan, all of these massive artists where they put their tickets on sale for a reasonable price, but then they go so fast and now they're on the secondary market it's it's really disappointing that that is what we are at now um but we never want someone spending you know 200 300 dollars 100 dollars for tickets our tickets will always be a fan's first price we're the only team in the country that pays your taxes uh but it's special and it's and it's unique and that is why the bananas are successful that decision to be all in on fans first is why the bananas have gotten their success that's why we are where we are so how does that make you feel, restoring the love of the game in America's pastime? It's amazing. Uh, it is, it's incredibly humbling to see the reaction and the, you know, the family that comes in that, you know, we, we get stories of it all the time. And it's heartbreaking to get emails every, every day of, you know, my, my kid's battling cancer and doesn't have a lot of smiles anymore. And we are, you know, we're just looking for that reason to, you know, to put a smile on his face and we found the bananas and we started watching the YouTube videos. We watched the TikTok, and every night as a family, we came back together and just 
circled around the bananas. And now we get to come to a game and, you know, one of your players, Kyle Weeks, came up and signed his ball and brought him into the dugout and um, got to meet all the players. And I have never seen my kid smile the way that he has smiled while you were there. And you were able to bring that love. And you have no idea what you've done for our family. It's those emails that we get. And it's not that we you know, we're searching for that and we're looking for the pat on the back. You know, you, you'll see all the time those artists that go out and they're like, here at the my this charity and look at me, I'm doing good. That's not what it's about. It's about creating that fan and understanding that everything we're doing is fans first and do for one what you could wish you could do for many. And that's how we live. And when we get that email, it just reminds us of how impactful this really is and what uh, it truly means to be fans first. That is that is so awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's like you were, you were talking about that experience, and I'm just sitting here and I was like, kind of just envisioning if I was involved in that mm-hmm. moment, and you know, it kind of brings a little tear to your eye, right? Yeah, big that's, time. I mean, that's that's a true feeling of of joy and satisfaction and happiness, and mm-hmm. you know, if that's on the daily, and that's the experience that people are having, it's mm-hmm. like no wonder you guys are. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say overnight sensation because that's definitely that that's not the word. But no yeah. wonder why you guys are uh, doing what you're doing right now, mm-hmm. um, from sleeping on an airbed, yeah, in a ballpark, yep, next to your wife, a haunted ballpark. I'll say it, to <laughs> the, I, I, a haunted ballpark. That place is scary at night. Uh, to now, yeah, right. To yeah. what you guys are doing, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's amazing and spectacular, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, e- even like my wife and I. We're grown yeah. adults and we love mm-hmm. turning on the Savannah Bananas. And actually, there's uh, one of our other hosts, Wally. Um, he's the one that really got us into this. Yeah. And him and his wife absolutely loves it. I've been over to their Amazing. house a couple times and there's just Savannah Bananas on the TV. Yeah. It's all over. Um, and also, the party animals are having a good time uh, too. They're so amazing. They're we, so good. We have to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Tell people about the party animals. Yeah. So the party animals are the alter ego of the bananas, um, and that is the the team that more often than not we play. Um, we uh, we have two teams that are under the fans first umbrella. So uh, you know, you where, where it started was it was the Savannah Bananas. That was the organization. But from the start, the company name is Fans First Entertainment. And uh, once we went into Banana Ball, we were like, well, we need a team to play. And so the alter ego of the bananas, the party animals, came to light. And uh, they are the the wildest and craziest. They come over the wall in center field when they're introduced to the team, interrupting the banana show with Roman candles, fireworks flying off. They are there to party and to beat the bananas. And uh, they are really good at baseball they are really good at the baseball side of things in fact they uh for a majority of the season until this past week they had a winning record on this tour they were the team that was winning almost nightly they're that good at at baseball and banana ball and uh they are evolving into their own thing and for the first time ever this past year i believe it was in june we had the party animals takeover game where they invaded grayson stadium and had a challenger game where they played the aussie drop bears but it was the first ever party animal home game. Bananas were not there. Oh, uh, the night before, all of the party animals were allowed to come in and basically party animal the stadium. So any banana that was up, they put like an X over or they like spray painted signs and they put a giant mural out in center field with the party animal logo. And for the first time ever, they had their own show. And that was a super unique process for us to be in, for myself to be involved in because it was a brand launch. It wasn't an opening night. It was a brand launch of every single thing that they do is now their own. We didn't do Banana Baby, which is something that you know we've been doing since 2016. They didn't do um, you know Banana in the Pants. They didn't do the Golden First Banana. They didn't do anything that the bananas do. And mind you, when tickets went on sale at the beginning of the year, it wasn't announced that that was a party animal game. And so all of these fans that are coming for their first experience, we needed to make sure that they got that amazing entertainment experience without, you know, losing anything of the bananas. And by the end of that night, everywhere, it's it's so unfortunate because we, that game ended up getting like, we, it was orange sky, rain falling everywhere after the third. They only got three innings in, but for three hours by the end of it, you know, the two hours of what should have been game time once we decided to cancel into the hour after of 
nobody leaving. Nobody left. They were there partying. They were signing autographs. There was, um, at the end, we always have a plaza party. So the DJ was playing. We had like a rave in the in the plaza. And at the end of the night, their, their song, you know, the banana song is yellow. Um, we all come together. That's our seventh inning stretch, which we usually do in the eighth inning because we want it to be dark. Um, their song was, um, uh, it was a pink song. It was um, Raise Your Glass. And at the end of the night, Everybody in the plaza, that song came on, and all the guys started singing it and dancing along. And in that moment, it was like, we did it. Like, we got it. There's so much more work to be done over the next few years with the party animals, but now they are a standalone organization in line with the bananas. So it's not just the bananas and they play the party animals. It's the bananas and party animals, and they both have their own organization now, and it's amazing. You guys are going to have the Banana Ball League. I'm telling you. It's coming. It's coming. I, love it. I hope so. Because... I have a, a guy I grew up with, yeah, and he coaches uh, varsity baseball oh, at yeah. uh, it's the number one ranked school high school in Vegas. I don't know the exact name of it off the top of my head. Gorman, I think Bishop I think, Gorman. I think it's Bishop Gorman. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they're an outstanding baseball. Yeah. Team. He's like, I have a hundred kids trying out for yeah. fifteen spots. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but long story short, even he was like, dude, this is wild. And he was a character, too. And so I'm thinking about the guys I grew up with playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I could see a league becoming a thing. Yeah. Because if the niche I grew up in, there's got to be more just like that everywhere else. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, when we when we had that tryout that I was talking about, we could have fielded two more teams easily with, with the people that were showing up. Like, everybody that was at that tryout deserved a spot. And that was the hardest part. I think we had, like, 10 or 15 spots that were open. And... 100 people there and we wanted all of them like that was kind of the hard part about that whole process of of that tryout but no i mean that was the one thing you know we're, we're compared to the harlem globetrotters a lot and you know people tell us that we're the harlem globetrotters of baseball which in all reality it's a compliment it's a massive compliment the harlem globetrotters took over the basketball world when they first uh, became a team and you know the nba was inviting them out to play before the nba games they sold out madison square garden three times before an nba game did and they were the pinnacle but what we've seen is well first off every game for them is scripted so the Harlem Globetrotters will win every game. They've won every game besides one, which was an accident. Uh, you don't know who the other team is, the Washington Generals. Um, and then third, it's the same every single night. It is going to be, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get the Gatorade cooler dump of confetti. You know what you're going to get almost every night. But with us, first off, we are so hyper-focused on the idea of always trying new things. When I first started, Jesse and I made a pledge that for that season, we were going to do at least four brand new things every single night. Hit or walk up, celebration, uh, pregame promo, and in-game promo. And now we're actually doing 10 to 15 brand new things that we've never done every single night. And um, with that, obviously, game can't be scripted. Can't script a baseball game. I wish I could script hitting a curveball. It would be amazing. I would... My job would be so much easier if I could script baseball. I just like, can't. Like for example, that game of Rancho Cucamonga last Correct. weekend on Friday. Yep. Uh, Homer in the ninth to tie the game. Correct. Right when points count as runs. Yep. Yep. Right. And the ninth inning, every run counts. Correct. I mean, he clobbered that. The yep. guy from the party animal, it was gone. It was like yeah. off the bat, and he. Yeah. It's like one of the ones you just walk to the dugout. Correct. It's gone. Yeah. And then you go into overtime. Yeah. And I'm I'm literally watching this. I'm like, that was the first time I had ever seen. Uh, what do you guys call it? Sudden showdown. Death. Showdown. showdown. That's the first time I've ever seen Showdown. And it got to the third round. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is the most epic way yeah. to end baseball. Because I got like, to go pee. I'm yeah. trying to run to the bathroom. you know, And I'm just sitting there on the couch like, I can't stop watching yeah. this. Because it's about to end. Like any second it could yeah. end. That sort of being on the edge of the seat entertainment watching a baseball yeah. game. I never experienced something yeah. like that before. I mean, obviously watching the bananas. But right. like it was like that... That level of emotion, emotion, yeah. the showdown. That was the first time I had seen one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was pretty sweet. So speaking of that experience for me and mm-hmm. that being my favorite experience, what is your favorite experience with the Savannah Bananas so far? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, my favorite experience of working with the Savannah Bananas so far. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily one experience necessarily. Um, I think it is the relationships that we've been able to create over the year, uh, over the, over the years of me working here. Um, 
our front office is they are about as close to family as as you can get um you know we always say uh it's funny we d- we'll do leadership events and we'll talk about you know just the ins and outs of the business side and the entertainment and then jared our president talks about uh, you know what this is and how it started in the business side of things incredibly talented and special and, and, and smart and he says it's like a family and I say it's like a family because there's things that I would do for my family that I would not do for anybody in this organization and I to- and that for some reason in my mind just clicked like e- everything came together and it, I understood it it's it is like a family but there is that separation of just like who your family is and who it's not and we always say like, like you said, we're fans first. The biggest fans of this organization should be the people in that front office. And we have created relationships and friendships and memories together as what a family would. And I think, I think about that crowd sing-off, one of our promos that we do every game in Mobile, Alabama, the first time where I didn't even know if I had a job yet, um, to be honest, um, because my audition process was 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 longer than just this is a big role to fill. You can't just like say, "Yep, you got it." So that crowd sing off in Mobile, that hearing the crowd sing those songs, was eye opening. That's that sticks out big time. The first time that you know we went to West Palm Beach, Florida, where it's a spring training facility of the time world champion Houston Astros and Washington Nationals, and thinking, "Oh my gosh, big leaguers play on this field." To you know, the first time we did a Challenger series in Kansas City and meeting uh, Johnny Gomes, who I, you know, idolized in the 2013 Red Sox, like seeing that happen. And then, you know, the winning the championship in 2021 with the CPL team, that team was special. You know, you had guys that were there for years and you just connect to those guys. Um, and then now, I mean, seeing, I mean, even even last last night in Fresno, seeing all the people in the plaza area where 5,000 people in the plaza at four o'clock when the game doesn't even start until seven and they're just there ready and excited. Um, It's creating those moments with the people inside of the organization um, that really make it special. You know, we, we are like a family with the, the players, the cast, the characters, the, the front office, all the way down to the game day staff that come in for, you know, 14 hours of, over two days to help unload a truck and then um, sell merch. But they're creating fans first moments by just buying into what this is. That kind of stuff is really special. All right, Scott, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. All right, Zach. Um, can we have you look at the camera that's closest to Z- this uh, one? Alan? Yes, yep. please. Okay. Uh, first off, I'm going to lead with, I know how to get you guys into Fenway. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Have you ever heard of uh, a person called Burt Kreischer? I sure have. What do you think of that? Oh, he's amazing. Okay. He's so funny. AKA the machine. Yeah. Correct? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. He uh, he actually came to. Uh, he was at our tryout. And what uh, ha- what happened? He uh, he he reached out. Uh, he was playing a show in Savannah, mm-hmm. and uh, somehow we got uh, Barry Aldridge. He's uh, he's like one of our baseball operations, uh, baseball ops coordinator. He uh, he had been working on him for years on trying to get him involved in what we were doing. This was even during the college season. And then finally, he came out for the tryouts. He took VP, took his shirt off during VP. Uh, and we kind of introduced, this was for a banana ball tryout, and introduced him to banana ball. And he was hooked. He was like, I, I would, if you offered me a spot right now, I will drop the tour and come play for the Savannah Bananas. And why didn't you? Uh, that's a great question. Um, is it still pending? Cause I think this conversation could be a catalyst for that because we're talking Fenway here. Yeah. His nickname is the machine. Yep. Okay. Um, it is, uh, legend has it that he has the Mickey Mantle gene, a little Ooh. bit of an inside joke with the, uh, you know, the oh, yeah. YMH studios and whatnot. Um, but I was just thinking, have you seen the dance off in between him and his friend, uh, Tom Segura? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. What did you electric. think about that dance off? Because Amazing. I thought Bert, um, for being as physically fit as he is <laughs> and as mentally acute as some of the top philosophers of oh, our yeah. time, yeah. Um, really did a great job. And then the response from Tom Segura was, I think, par for the course of dis, uh, decimating him. Yep. But what would you think about being their coaches and helping them possibly perform at a show? Oh, all in. 
Okay. All in. If I can get Burt Kreischer and not if, not if he's going to listen to this, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I'm all in. Come okay. on. So, Come on. So the machine. Okay. Um, they have a podcast called Two Bears One Cave. Yep. I was thinking about calling it uh, Two Bears One Banana. Love that. And I was thinking that um, if we wanted to double down, Tom could coach the banana side just temporarily or assistant coach, dress yep. up. I don't know yep. the the structure. Oh, we can make. That and happen. then uh, Bert is a party animal oh, by yeah. definition. Hashtag the machine. Yep. Um, Rolling Stone party animal of the year uh, mm-hmm. back at Florida State University. So. Not trying to beat a dead horse there, but I think that's the catalyst to get you guys on the biggest stages because they sell out arenas. Tom is currently on a world tour. Yeah. So um, with that covered, I'm going to uh, jump over to some quick uh, questions. Is that cool with you? Yeah, please. Okay. Are these rapid fires? Um, yeah. So this is sort okay. of like from the hip machine gun. Okay. Okay, a little Tommy gun at you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is the hardest thing you've ever done? In my life or with the bananas? You're the boss. Okay. Uh, learning to dance. Uh, my first ballet class was a nightmare. Um, I'll never forget it. Terrifying. Oh, um, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said rapid fire, oh, but a right, nightmare hold. ballet. Okay, expand. Yep. Go. Um, I had a Russian teacher at a convention, and he told me to stretch my feet. And as a dancer, when you say stretch your feet, that means point them. Um, and then as a baseball player, that means like stretch your calf and like stretch out. And so he was telling me to jump and I jumped and I was stretching my feet, which means I was flexing them when he meant point. And so he was literally screaming, stretch your feet, stretch your feet. And literally in my face in front of 30 people, stretch your feet. And I just kept like, I was like, I think I am. So, I don't know what so the is. public shame that, yeah, that, that, that sort of hit tough. hard. <laughs> that yeah. was tough. I thought my dance career was over after that one. Yeah. There was a, probably a little bit of like Eastern European aggression in there too, huh? Uh, oh my gosh. I was terrified. <laughs> I was I'm, so terrified. I, I am secondhand embarrassed for you right yeah, now. So I, 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 I feel it. Um, all right. Um, favorite shoe brand? Mm, Nike. Okay. How many pairs of Nikes do you have? Two. I'm pretty... I'm false. Pretty, false. You false? Have, you have two? I think I have two pairs of Nikes. I, I wear my cowboy boots way more than I wear my Nikes. And they're not your favorite, though? The cowboy boots? My cowboy boots? boots? Uh, yeah, my cowboy what boots What brand are they? Are. Come on. Uh, those ones are Justin's. Okay. Justin's right now. All right. Well, I'll have to get some Justin's <laughs> if I head that way. I rock oh, flops yeah. right now. There you go. All right. Um, favorite city to play in? Mm. I would have to say my favorite city that we've played in. Come on, play favorites. Come on, come on. Uh, I want to say Vegas, but it wasn't. It wasn't Vegas, and that okay. was my hometown where I had all my friends. Okay. Uh, I think my favorite city that we've actually played in is probably either. No, it's 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 Nashville. Okay. Nashville. Oh yeah. I yeah. Guess. Nashville was cool. I said rapid fire, but look at me stall out. Um, what what about Nashville? Um, the challenges that Nashville's ballpark brought was really fun to solve. Um, I like to think of myself as like a puzzle maker. Like I put pieces into place when on it, when it comes to the technical side of things. Yes. And their video board is a giant guitar mm. and most video boards are squares. And so figuring out a way with help of their crew, God bless them. If they weren't there, I would have been in trouble. Figuring out a way to make a video board out of a guitar and make it bananafied. And then also just... The ability to take an electric scooter down to Aldine's and go party at Aldine's and have a good night there on an off day was was pretty special. Hey, hey, I'm a I'm a little um a little bit out of the loop. You could say, yeah. what is Aldine's? Is that a friend of yours? Is that a musician? I, is that I a wish. president? Who, yeah. Who's Aldine's? Jason Aldine is a country artist, and mm-hmm. he has one of the biggest bars on uh, on Broadway. And you have your cowboy boots on. Oh yeah, at this time. Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, IPAs are all around or something like that, right? Oh yeah, definitely some some beers were flowing at that oh. one. <laughs> okay. All right, now we're going to move on to producer Scott's next question, which is um what's your favorite restaurant in that city? Does that already answered? Are you eating at Aldine's as well? Should we move on? No, yeah, I don't I didn't I don't really eat that well when I'm in Nashville. I know there's a lot of spots out there, but I just kind of No favorites yet. So no. they should reach out because yeah. uh they've got the eats. Yeah. And uh Please. we need we need Zach to be I, well fed. I would, lo- I would love to be uh uh, any of their barbecue was really good. There's a barbecue spot that was on Broadway that was really good that I went with our coaches on the last day, okay. which was pretty good. A banana's nutrition is very important, so we need these mm. guys fed, Nashville. Correct. Step it up. All right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, in and out or five guys? In and out. What's your order at in and out uh, It is a three-by-three three protein style, no onions, with regular fries and a root beer. What do you mean? Re- oh, sorry, regular fries. I didn't know if... Uh, yeah. Okay. Not, animal. Not animal. Not animal okay. style. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, do you drink coffee? I do. 
Do you go to Starbucks? I do. What is your order? Uh, it is usually a uh, grande ice white mocha with vanilla sweet cream cold foam, aka the TikTok drink. Okay. Um, I found it on TikTok. I don't. I'm horrible at coffee. Usually, I just drink it black. But mm-hmm. when I went to Starbucks, I was like, "Yeah, give me the fruity stuff. That sounds great." And yeah. I did it, and now I can't look back. I'm right. really sorry that Wally is not here to interview you on this podcast. <laughs> He's our number one fan. He's one of the other hosts. Yeah. He, he just wasn't able to be here I'll tonight. But that is his drink at Starbucks. Yeah. Let, hey, let, let me let me let me interrupt. So the little white camera that's looking down you. Yeah. I know there's a million cameras, but wave to it. That's Wally. That's his wife. Wally. Hello. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now back to you, and back to Scott's best questions because yes. I'm the best producer. Um, what pushes your buttons Ooh, lack of accountability being late and um asking me more like having to repeat myself anytime i have to repeat myself i get really frustrated because i said it once and it usually should hold a little bit of weight what Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, That's all work related. I don't know anything. Like in my personal life, it's not much. I don't, I'm pretty laid back. Okay. Um, I have a son. His yep. name's Oakley. He's a stud male. You know yep. what I mean? I sort of created a god on accident. Yep. Bad joke. Um, <laughs> but my point is, is that he wants to know. He's seven years old. Yeah. And he's made all stars two years. Side note. Yep. Uh, he wants to know what your favorite candy and ice cream is. Ooh, I am a. Uh, so when it comes to candy, um, I really like the peanut butter filled. M&M's. Mm-hmm. Those are amazing. Also gummy bears. And then uh, ice cream wise, if I, if it's uh, cold out, I'm eating Rocky Road. Mm-hmm. If it's warm out, I'm eating uh, vanilla chocolate chip cookie dough. He's changing with the temperatures, baby. Correct. He's ta- Correct. changing flavors. Correct. Changing flavors. Correct. All right. Season so, guy. Okay. Um, next, my dad and I have a bet on how long you can last in an ice bath. Uh, pretty, pretty good amount of time, actually. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the Pacific Ocean. Um, and then also, um, being a hockey player, uh, when I was, when I was growing up, um, time on the rink is pretty often. And then also skiing, snowboard being from Littleton, Colorado. Um, I would probably say, um, do you do it regularly? I don't expect you to be like two minutes and 45 seconds. No, 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 no. Not regularly. Um, but I've done it before. Um, I'm minute 30. Okay. Maybe I didn't. I didn't lucky. also know if maybe it's part of like the rest and recovery for the team. I didn't it is know for them. Did. I'm okay. more of a hot tub guy, though. I don't like being cold. I okay. A hot tub. All right. So I, I can last in that thing for hours if you ask me to. Yeah. yeah. Should have put yeah. you in the party yeah. animal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then next would be um, my mom wanted to know how, or sorry, my grandma and grandpa wanted to know how big your shoe size is. Uh, I got small feet. I like an eight, eight and a half. All right. Yep. Well, we can share shoes, my friend. Let's go. Um, and then send him your cowboy boots. Yeah, I'll yeah. send them over. <laughs> yeah, these boots were made for walking. Um, so song and dance ideas. I just wanted to throw out there because I'm a '92 baby. Uh, come on, ride the train. I don't know the proper name for that is, but come on, ride it. Choo choo. I don't know if you've heard that song. Kay. It's from the '90s. And then Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, we've done Cotton Eye Joe. I figured. Yeah. I, I figured for probably both. But just so you know, I watched a ton of your guys' videos uh, on YouTube and Instagram last night. I read roughly a thousand comments. Yeah. And you can ask Alan when I say something, I, I mean it. Um, I read roughly a thousand comments. Do you know how many negative ones I read? 12. Oh, gosh, sorry. Give You're good. Camera. 12. You're good. He's he's uh, kicking ready to get out of here, folks. <laughs> um, I read zero, man. Really? So really? I, I believe amazing. that not only did you guys like restore yeah. sort of America's favorite game, but then also reinvented it. And yeah. now you're building a community that, like, I don't think this is just, like, a phase or a trend. Yeah. Um, this community that you guys have built, like, like he said, that Alan said earlier, it was emotional hearing you talk about little emails that are, like, so heavy. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, anyway, so the fun stuff was over. Finished on a heavy note. Thank you so much for, you know, coming and visiting us. Of and course. If Alan has anything else. Yeah, we have a yeah. little challenge we'd Let's like do to do with you. I'm ready. Right? I'm ready. Because what good is a podcast if we can't promote some of it on social media? Correct. Here's what we have. Okay. We have the $200 banana challenge. I can't wait. So we have $200 on the table. Yep. We have two bananas. By the way, I hate bananas. Okay. But I'm going to do this. Okay. And I'm a competitor, so I'm going right. to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a run for your money. Great. Whoever eats the banana faster gets the $200. Okay. And whoever loses gets whipped creamed in the face. I love it. I'm all in. Now, does this go from peel to to eating? That does. That does. Yes, go we need it. a same size banana okay. and a He's peel. A okay. So good luck. Okay. <laughs> and let me let me put this on the table. The two hundred dollars goes to our new five hundred one c three bananas foster. 
Awesome. Deal. Look at that. Cool. Deal. All right. Because what do I need the $200 that was mine earlier? Before? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I got two same size bananas. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, that sounds now, good. Now yeah. that we know that it's going to foster, can we Okay. All right. Oh, look at All that. Right. Throwing in some more money for the foster. Good. All right. All right. And it's going from peel all the way through. Yeah. So let's get these mics a little bit away from our face. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna judge you on how you open your banana, by the way. Really? Yeah. Big time. There's two ways. Oh, you're not supposed to give away my secrets, man. Hey, this is my banana. I have Scott. Coach me here, real quick. How do I open this? It's actually from the bottom. Okay. So you can't get a head start. Oh, now he's getting a head start. I get a head start. Don't worry. Not that one. Okay. Same size banana. All right. All right. Same size. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Three, yep. two, one, go. Mm. Mm. This is a party animal. Mm -hmm. I hope this is great for the ASMR crowd. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I watched it. Hey. Water's allowed. Water's allowed. Ah, done. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the banana's so hard to swallow. <laughs> All right. Love it. Good job. If you let me win, I'm gonna watch it and and <laughs> and, and yell. Mm. That was close though. It was close. That so was, was very close. close. You saw me shoving it in my mouth. You were like, I'm not losing. Yeah, I need to get that last one. <laughs> I found whenever doing like an eating competition, you just kind of kind of like take it easy. Because if you if you start shoveling too fast, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is amazing. It's very funny. Like I said, if I ask people to pie themselves in the face all the time, I think you got to pull it back. So you pull it. Yeah. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. How about a plate? We'll Done that as well. we'll oh, no, I don't want to do it. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I always just pick people to do it for me. So I just have to sit here until it's done clicking, huh? I think so. All right. That's so tough. All right, Scott, load it up. <laughs> <laughs> Does it stay? It, is, I feel like it's on backwards. Yeah, let's make it big. Let's Wait, do it. isn't like the other side like a scoop? Yeah, the other side's a scoop, right? Is that wrong? No, I, I think wrong? It, I think it's this hand. Right, it's just hollow in the back. Don't ask me. Because I, I think it's I think that's you know how they make toys affordable. Oh yeah, for kids. Good. You can make me. You can you can make me look like an idiot. It's fine. That's, I'm good so at that. I gotta twist this thing. Don't get hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to be my own executioner. That's All tough. right, banana time. That's All so right. tough. Oh god, here we go. Oh no. <laughs> Get lower, get into it, man. Oh no. Oh yeah, right there. Square on the nose too. And we're sending you home with this. Oh, that's oh. amazing. So if you wanna just read Thank it real you. quick. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I'm gonna the leave this on yeah. my face. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. We'll be your Savannah Bananas Entertainment. I love uh, it. So we really appreciate you guys rebuilding the yeah. love of the game, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's hard to keep a straight face here. <laughs> so we're gonna send you home with some of uh, uh, Sonoma's best wines here. Uh, Frank Family is a really good one. Uh, we got some nice tequila for you guys. Take these back. I know Jesse's a big IPA guy, yeah. like you said earlier. Yeah. Uh, enjoy these. Well, thank you. As a as a large thanks from us. Thank you for being on the Whack Attack podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're very serious. Next year, when you guys come back, we'd like yeah, to, we'd like absolutely. to sponsor yeah. the uh, well, like, the jersey. Yeah, uh, for three events here for the fan that makes the first out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead and get them a specialized uh, for the love of the game, it. love of the game jersey, sponsored by the Wack Attack Podcast. Please. So Zach Frangila, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on the Wack Attack Podcast. And next time you guys are in town, we'd love to have you back. Thank you for having me. We'll be back for sure. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man, give me that face. <laughs> I got a great follow up right there.